According to serial entrepreneur Dan Andrews, it takes a thousand days of full-time commitment to build a business that can sustain you. And that's probably in your native language. So imagine how long it could take to become proficient in Irish Gaelic. I'm Owen from the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast and welcome to this episode 72 of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish Gaelic, rest assured that there are thousands like you all on the same journey. So there's this uh, thousand day rule that Dan Andrews proposed. He came up with this, I think, uh, through a lot of discussion and it came about after one particular discussion, conversation that he's written about. So the idea is that uh, if you set off to start a business, it takes about a thousand days of full-time commitment to reach a business that can sustainably support you. And that means work uh, as opposed to be employed in a job. So that's what he's comparing it to. So this struck me because... It's, it seems like quite a quite a good rule, quite an accurate rule. Uh, you hear of people who launch businesses and get really rich in a couple of months. That's not usually the, the norm. What happens is somebody launches a business and 10 years later you hear about them, how they're doing maybe a little better than how they were when they started. So this struck me in relation to learning the Irish language because imagine... You're setting up a business in your native language. You're just dealing with people. You're like creating things to sell to people, helping people. That's all in your language. And it still takes three years of full-time commitment to reach like a profitable type of business. And for me, that means like you're dedicating your life energy to this entity that you're trying to get out there, trying to launch like put enough rocket fuel behind it. So compare that to learning a language. Can't you imagine that it can take a nice long time for your brain to form like all these neural paths just to be able to speak some of a new language? So... I'm guilty of this and I hear it from people who write to us at Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Like, it's so easy to beat yourself up when you're trying to learn a language. Uh, you can say, you can tell yourself things like, why don't I understand what the person is saying, what I'm hearing? It's my fault that I can't express myself in this new chosen language that I want to express myself in. And at Bite Size we ask people, What's your aim in a year's time? And what people often say is, in a year's time, I want to be fluent in Irish Gaelic. And every time I read that, I say, okay, well done. It's really nice to have goals like that, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> the, the average human being is not going to achieve that in adulthood.
And another part of it is when we look ahead, it's so easy to get discouraged, right? We see how big the trip, the journey ahead of us is, how difficult it's going to be. We project ourselves in the future and we start to second guess ourselves. We say, ah, it's probably not worth trying in the first place, right? Like, why should I even start this journey if it's going to be so hard, if it doesn't even seem like I'm going to make it in my lifetime. Why should I even start? And of course, I think this is the wrong way to think about it. So just to give you my perspective, um, my story, I met my wife, who's from Slovenia. I met her in 1999, which is about 20 years ago after when I'm recording this. About six years later, we got together. Um, We've been together at least a decade now, more. So I've been visiting Slovenia on and off for, you know, 20 years through my lifetime. And even that first trip to Slovenia, a very interesting part of it for me was to pick up new phrases and expressions and words to try to start expressing myself, right? So I've been lucky enough to be immersed in Slovenian and a Slovene family where they speak this. My wife speaks uh, Slovene with my kids who are, we live in Ireland. As I record this, I happen to be in Slovenia. I went to an intensive uh, Slovene language course with my father uh, back in 2010. So just to try to build up the scenario to show you like the Slovene language has been a part of my life uh, for more than half my life now uh, at the time of recording. And so what level am am I at with with the Slovene language? It's so easy to beat myself up about it. Uh, I don't understand the grammar. I don't have a grasp of the cases where they like form the words together depending on the context you add different word endings to convey meaning to words in their language i can't say simple things like like i really struggle to say something like thanks for cooking like, i can probably make a guess like khvala za kuchat but i don't know does that mean thanks for the cooking or is that what a real Slovene person would say? What would they say? So after 20 years, I can barely express myself and I'm interested in the language. Like it's not something that I feel like a, is a burden to me. Like if it's something that I treasure in my life. And for me, somebody who's been immersed in languages, like the concept of language learning all my life, and I've been interested in the language and I hear the language spoken at home every day and you know I still struggle to express myself now you could say hey Owen uh, you know you're probably missing something you should probably be trying a bit harder and that's easy to tell myself too but uh, I recognize that I'm only human and for me to advance in Slovene the only way to do it is day by day Okay, so how do we deal with this? Psychiatrist, possibly psychologist, 
clinical psychologist. His name is Jordan Peterson. He's from Canada. And he's got a couple of basically life strategies that for me apply very directly to learning Irish Gaelic, the Irish language. But, you know, it probably extends so much more broadly than that and it covers general life in the end, right? So, first of all, the journey is the challenge. <laughs> There's a book by Ryan Holiday, I think, um, basically based on the, the belief structure of Stoicism. But his, his book is called The Obstacle is the Way. And of course, if there was nothing hard in life, we'd often find it hard to achieve anything, right? If we were so comfortable, if nothing really pushed us, if we didn't have this human innate feeling of, I want to do better, we'd probably never ever push ourselves to do something like try to learn a, a new language, like the Irish language. So another part of it is you've chosen this journey for a reason. Or the journey has chosen you. I think there's a lot of truth in that. So I think that you should feel justified in following this journey that your heart has shown you that you should follow. That you should follow your interest. I think the journey itself, like the feeling of it being difficult, doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. For me, it means you're doing it right. Okay? So the fact that you're feeling it difficult, it's so human to say, there's something wrong, it's my fault, I should be better. Where you can turn that around and I'm letting you, I'm allowing you to turn that around and saying, it's difficult because I'm human and for that reason, I'm going to keep going because I am human. The second strategy from Jordan Peterson is the idea of comparing yourself to how you were yesterday. Don't compare yourself to others. So there are always going to be, for example, language learners who speak more of the language than you. So you can go to any kind of course or watch people online, videos they've recorded, and what they're going to tell you is, well, what you'll tell yourself when you see these people, it's like, whoa, how in the hell can they speak the language like this? How can they put these phrases and sentences together? I can't even say, Jirit, hello, property. How is this person? They said they started learning six months ago. <laughs> so what, what the tip here is, or the strategy here is, ignore other people. It actually doesn't matter. Like, you're so unique. By the time you're 30 years old, as Jordan Peterson has said, by the time you're even 30 years old, your life has been so divergent to other people around you that it's, it's almost, it doesn't give yourself the justice when you're comparing yourself to others. So it's really easy to feel a lack of motivation because you hear somebody else is doing better than you. But the only thing you should really do is compare yourself to yesterday. And what does that mean? Comparing yourself to yesterday basically makes you self-reflect and go, okay, here's what I was able to say yesterday or understand yesterday. What could I do? What's the one thing I could do today 
to just understand just a tiny bit more than myself yesterday. And I think that's the only fair thing to do. Other people are on their own journey. It can seem like they're doing great. They're uh, they're great at speaking the language, or you know they've got they've developed these skills in life. But it's not fair. Like they've come from a certain path in life, and that's how ha- that's where they happen to have arrived today in the present, as you see them. And it's not fair to compare you as a person to that person just because you happen to be coexisting at the same time. And the the third strategy I'd like to cover is not from Jordan Peterson, but from David Allen, who's written a lot about like personal productivity. What really struck me when I read his work lately was you can have this project. So a project can be anything that you want to do as soon as possible, but it can still be long term, right? So you can have a project of fixing that squeaky door in the kitchen. (laughs) That's a real project. (laughs) or learning to speak a language or you should probably try to have a more specific goal than that like um, forcing yourself to approach somebody and trying out some Irish language on them that could be a project right (laughs) depending on the context so what David Allen teaches us is you don't do a project so you don't like do a learning the Irish language, for example, you do the the next thing because achieving something is something that emerges from taking a huge number of tiny steps, usually in a bigger project, to get you to that result, right? So I'm trying to say that you don't learn Irish Gaelic. You don't tell yourself, okay, today I'm going to learn Irish Gaelic and like suddenly your brain learns that language right it doesn't work that way it has to be more concrete and so what is it that you're going to do like what's the next thing you're going to try to do to help yourself along this journey of making a connection with your Irish ancestry is it by turning on Radio Nagueltachta the free radio online or one of the several radios online is it to look up a word in the dictionary, that's a simple example, and try to learn that example. Is it to try to test yourself if you can remember a certain word that you came across before? Is it something again more passive, like watching TG Car TV online? Uh, what's that very next thing you think would give you big impact in bringing you along this journey of learning the Irish language? So you get permission to recognize that the journey is a series of many small steps, many tiny steps that seem so small that you say, this can't possibly be big enough to get me towards my my goal. But of course, any kind of action towards your goal is getting you towards your goal. Okay, on to the listener questions for the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. It's your questions that keep the podcast going because I can talk all I like into the ether, but it doesn't really matter unless we've got interaction going. 
So this is my call to action to you. If you want to be part of the Bite Size Irish Getty podcast, you can record a, a question. And it's really easy. You don't need to install anything. You just go with your like your computer or your iPad or your phone. You open the page www.bitesize.irish slash podcast. And there there's a button that you click and you record your audio. And you can introduce yourself. You can ask your question. And what I suggest is you have your question written out beforehand so you know what you're going to say. And you do it in a quiet place. And you speak up so that we can hear you in the audio. So thanks to the these two following people who recorded their questions recently for the podcast. We'll start with Michael's question. Thanks, Michael. So your question was about Ishnach. Now, Ishnach... I was not familiar with this, to be honest. Ishnach is an ancient ceremonial site in County Westmead in Leinster, province of Ireland. There are tours available, so there's ishnach.ie. And of course, you should come to the podcast site and find the show notes for episode 72 for links for that, because obviously that Irish word is a long word and it's hard to spell. So quickly, it's U-I-S-N-E-A-C-H, I believe. So Ishnach, it seems like a really interesting place. Like from what I've quickly read about it, there's a lot of like ancient burial. There's signs of a lot of activity over the millennia. And probably the best thing you can do is visit it, right? So if you're visiting Ireland, it's around the town of Athlone. Athlone is interesting because it's right smack bang in the middle of the island of Ireland. There's a lot of bog country that surrounds it. It's on the River Shannon. And where most, a majority of larger towns uh, in Ireland are on the coast, I would venture to say, Athlone is a smack bang in the middle of Ireland. So if you're visiting Ireland, if you're passing through that area, do check out Ishnach. On to our second question today, which is from Christina. How does the Irish language inform your worldview? So if that audio wasn't very clear, Christina, thanks so much for recording that question. It was, how does the Irish language inform your worldview? Well, I'll first of all refer you back to the last episode of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast, episode 71, about can Irish Gaelic rewire your brain? And by rewiring your brain, it's rewiring your worldview, right? So I've written down some teachings that the Irish language has given me in my life. So this is my personal account, Christina, my answer to you. So first of all, the Irish language has shown to me that diversity is the answer in life. Um, Homogenization is not the answer in life. What does that mean? We're all in this globalized world, of course. We're uh, being exposed to each other, each other's cultures. Cultures are getting closer together. There's less distance between cultures on Earth. So what's the logical end goal 
that we're all the same. <laughs> but for me, there's there's a good tension in diversity. So we're being pulled together, but there's goodness in people that are different. Uh, it's a good thing that people exist who are different to you and I. And that means that uh, an extension of that logic is that you have absolute right to be who you are. Because it means that you're allowed to be different. It means you're allowed to be who you are. Who You're not forced to comply exactly with how the person next to you is. You don't have to have their belief structure, their interests, their personal uh, motivations, things that uh, get them up in the morning. By definition, you're your own person and you're going to have those, uh, your own interests as well. The Irish language, it's interesting, it represents something shared, right? So a language, by just by its very definition, is a shared thing. It's shared by a society. But the Irish language in the modern context is such a personal thing too. What I always say is, I'll never force the Irish language on anybody. It's up to them, In this is a context of Ireland, right? It's up to them if they want to use the language, hear the language, interact with people through the language. But it's at the same time completely my right to operate my life in that language as much as I want to. And that's, for example, in the family life, in governmental life. To keep going about uh, Jordan Peterson, he recommends that we follow the things that we find really interesting. So this is one of the other things I've learned from Irish Gaelic. I find it really interesting, for example, that people outside of Ireland are so interested in making a connection with their Irish heritage that they'd go so far as to speaking the Irish language or to wanting to study the Irish language, make that connection. I always find it just so intriguing and uh, my full respect to everybody who sets out on that journey. So we all have our interests, our innate interests that drive us. And what Irish Gaelic is, how it has shaped my worldview is that you should follow those interests. For me, it's a mixture of uh, the Irish language it's another side of it is business i love the business side of it trying to structure a team where we can create things that are useful for other people and how to like target as the minds of a small group of people to create stuff that's usable by such a bigger mass of people that's what i find interesting so it's a mix of that business side, but the Irish language side, the cultural side, the history of it. I find that deeply personally interesting. I find it really interesting that the Irish language is a blow-in language in Ireland. You know, it killed off languages that were in Ireland for thousands of years. It, it just swept in from Europe 2,000 years ago and just killed off whatever was there before. And now we call it the Irish language. It's like something innately Irish. And of course it is. Like we've had it in our, in our DNA for 2,000 years. But 2,000 years is a tiny 
piece of time compared to the the lineage of humans right so i find that perspective really interesting and a final note on that about following your interests or following your passions i've heard this thing about following your passions a lot and i i just I can't agree with that. Cal Newport, the author of Deep Work, he's spoken about don't follow your passion because you won't have passions to start with. You follow something that you find interesting maybe, but get really good at it. And by getting really good at it, then you can develop a real passion for it because you're basically gaining mastery of the subject. So my point is slightly tangential to that. It's like, it's, you don't need passions, but if you find something interesting, like grab hold of that. Like that's a really unique part of what makes you you. So if you're interested in the Irish language and Irish culture and traveling to Ireland, your Irish ancestry, grab hold of that interest. Don't, you don't need justification from anybody else um, for your interest in that subject. Keep going, keep digging, keep connecting with people around you that have the same interests. So thanks for listening to this episode 72 of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. It's been a pleasure, I have to say. Go to www.bitesize.irish slash podcast and there you can come and click the button uh, to record your question to be part of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. You should also visit our site because we've got some free tools and courses to help you uh, make that first dive into the Irish language doesn't matter if you're in, within Ireland or outside our, of Ireland. We just look forward to you being part of our journey. And lastly, I really have to say thanks so much to Tsukumo for their uh, music that you hear on this episode. Their music was recorded in Japan. As far as I know, it's Japanese people who recorded this tune. And they made it public to the world through a Creative Commons license. So... They've made, helped made Bite Size what Bite Size is, just by this very tune that we've used for the past few years on the podcast. So, Tukuma, Kurumina Mahagov, thank you. Until next episode, Slan Gafol. Mm-hmm.